This show was previously recorded from 2019. The Kate Daly Show, where telling the truth is now a revolutionary act. The Kate Daly Show starts now. isn't even important. It's the idea that we even have the right to ask the question, who do we want to be? We don't need a birthright. We don't need a family press. And we certainly don't need the king's damn permission. What we need is a fair and equal chance. The freedom to live our lives the way that we see fit. And the confidence that that freedom cannot be taken away from us. That that is our God-given right. And I, for one, am willing to fight for it. I'm willing to die for it. Hi there. Welcome to the Kate Daly Show. Welcome on back. Last hour on Liberty. Uh, it's an interesting week, this uh, Independence Day week, for a lot of reasons, and that is that we are sorely lacking, I think, in education and understanding of, of true history. I think that's number one. I love my conversation with Dr. Duke Pesta in pointing out really where we are right now um, in correlation to uh, our society, our culture, how we landed here, what led us here. Because uh, I'll tell you, after watching that democratic, democratic debate, and on the right and the left, let's call it out, both, when you see these things take place, the left is just a lot more loonier in their, in their quest for government control and taking care of you, okay? Seems to be their, their, their MO. What's, what I find kind of interesting with that is how government was supposed to come in and take care of us at every turn and how your dependence on government is vital for them to thrive. It's vital. They have to have your dependence. They also have to have your consent to be dependent, and I think that's hugely important to know. When we're watching these debates, there's little or, or nothing about the Constitution, about personal accountability, about personal responsibility, and everything about how you need to be taken care of. And I think Bastia is probably, he's probably the, that is the one read, um, the first read I was told to, told to absolutely partake in before, when I was starting radio. And I attribute that to my, to my co-host that I started with in telling me that this was a great place to start on, an, on a fundamental understanding of government. That was almost eight years ago. Can you believe it? Um, federal, uh, Bastiat, uh, Frederick Bastiat's 1948 essay, Government. Very, very insightful critique. Um, for what is what is governance and all the people on that stage the other night and I don't care if it's the right we're talking about too really need an understanding of government what it's supposed to look like what it's supposed to be there for and and, and in its limited capacity and this is what Bastiat said um, so I'll credit this article uh, that landed in fee.org by Gary Gals and so here it is this is Bastiat and this is why he's so he's just so uh, imperative right now that we listen to this. I should be glad if you had really discovered 
uh, a, uh, a a beneficent and an inexhaustible being uh, calling itself the government, which can provide for all of our wants, correct all of our errors, repair all, all our faults, and exempt us henceforth from the necessity of uh, for foresight, prudence, judgment, experience, order, economy, temperance, and activity. Nothing could be more convenient than that we should all have within our reach an inexhaustible source of wealth and enlightenment, a universal physician, an unlimited treasure, and an infallible counselor, such as you would describe government to be. I mean, look at what governments become. Man recoils from trouble, says Bastia, yet he is condemned by nature to the suffering of uh, privation if he does not take the trouble to work. What means he, you know, can he adopt to avoid both? To enjoy the labors of, of others. Our disposition to defend our property prevents direct and open plunder from being easy. The oppressor no longer acts directly and with its own powers upon its victim. We all, therefore, put in our claim under some pretext or other and apply to government. We say to it, it should, it should like the possession of others, but this would be dangerous. Could you not facilitate that thing for me? The law will have acted for me, and I shall have all of the advantages of plunder without its risk or disgrace. And it, and it finishes with, uh, alas, government is not only too much disposed to follow this diabolical advice to be the judge and master of destinies of all, but the most remarkable part of it is the astonishing blindness of the public, who never seem to suspect the reciprocal plunder, that's theft, uh, is no less plunder because it is reciprocal. That it is no less criminal because it's executed legally. It's executed legally. Uh, principles do uh, uh, predicate, uh, principles absolutely, I should not predicate, but absolutely um, can trump on precedence because um, sometimes we do not make the right laws. Just because we make something lawful doesn't mean it's right. doesn't mean it's actually um, based on anything that would be considered a principle. And so uh, also he goes on to say, but the thing that never will be seen is that government can restore more to the public than it has taken from it to confer a particular benefit upon anyone without inflicting a greater uh, injury upon the whole community as a whole would do more harm than good. Thus, the public has two hopes and government makes two promises, many benefits and no taxes, hopes and promises, which being contradictory can never be realized. In all times, two political systems have been in existence. According to one of them, government ought to do much, but then it ought to take much. According to the other, this twofold activity ought to be little felt. We have to choose between these two systems. That's what we're told, right? Government is and ought to be nothing but the united power of the people organized, not to be an instrument of oppression, a mutual plunder among citizens, but on the contrary, to secure to everyone his own and to cause justice and security to reign. These words are extremely foreign to somebody who is in love with the government solution, who, who thrives to hear what government will do next for us, even though in history government has never done anything right. It really hasn't. It, I don't know if it's capable of it. They give themselves, you know, godlike powers, although uh, they, they don't have the wisdom of God. <laughs> So you have a body that's acting on a, on a very selfish notion, and that is that they are there to take what is, what is ours 
and do it so lawfully as to present us with laws saying that it's okay and uh, without principle. And then, and then we're in the year 2019 and we have a group of leadership on stage, uh, vying for leadership, I should say, trying to tell us that we need more of what they have up their sleeve in the way of government solution and less thinking about uh, uh, and less an, an ode to principles, right? So unlike most governments, ours has still largely followed its legitimate role of protecting our rights and liberties. Unfortunately, that vision of American government has been largely replaced by one of the coercive intervention and redistribution whenever those in charge see fit. It's funny how redistribution is always in the state of redistribution. <laughs> hmm. It's funny how... They'll tell you the art of redistribution is theirs to have, right, government? And government will tell you that they always need to be functioning as the redistributor and that they need to define those terms without ever telling you that this does not come from a solid principle, a principle of truth. It's just we need to keep redistributing. We need to keep changing it. Although look over here and not over here, because as we do it, we're going to defile you more as a citizen. And so um, central governance is, is our problem. And so I'd like to introduce you a little bit to Murray Rothbard, who um, I, I will be playing a clip from him, who basically introduces uh, the idea of money um, at the turn uh, before the revolution and at the turn of the revolution and after. And he describes a couple of tidbits that I really wanted included in this in this speech that he gave back in the 70s, because it really does introduce a couple of ideas and things that happened that you'll never get in your history class in high school. Uh, you were never told these things, and especially when it comes to inflation and all the things that we're dealing with right now. Are, he actually approaches and talks about um, the lie that, that, that government uh, wanted to tell when they first wanted to start printing money. And also how scarcity works, scarcity versus, um, uh, versus shortage. And... The lies that were told, and I thought this was really good. Um, and of course, he died a couple of decades ago, and so I did want to uh, play his uh, speech in the next uh, segment. And then I want to um, go over to Lord Acton, who basically takes us down a little bit of history. And I think that once you understand history, it does something very, 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 very cool. It actually helps us to understand what true principles are and why um, the Constitution was written from true principles and how it was written. And I think also it helps us to understand and put government in its place or in its box and see it more clearly what they're doing. That's what I've noticed for me. I think for me, it gives me more of a, an, an established sort of view of, and I can see it easily, right, a lot more easily than I, than I could before. Because before, if you would have asked me a decade ago, could I define what I was feeling and thinking? Probably not. But once you start to see uh, government for, for what it is and what it represents and what they tell you it is, and once you start to see these clowns on stage that, that run for president and promise the moon and tell you that they are the result of, of they're going to be the result of your happiness, they're also going to be the catalyst for your happiness, <laughs> um, that, uh, that we can kind of clearly out them for who they are, these charlatans, right? And to also point out how um, just incredibly wrong they are at every turn. And so I almost I wish they were listening to this. I really do. Um, but I, I do think that we have a responsibility 
between you and I, between our kids and grandkids, between our circles, that we can take these things and we can say, look, this is so important for you to understand and know. And once you get the context of history and once you understand it in its true form and not the form that, that they've turned it into for us to know, but once you understand it in its true form, then you can lay uh, that is your foundation and you can start to lay those principles. You can see where they have worked and then you can see where we've they've been hijacked. And that's when your clear understanding of those principles becomes so important. When people talk at the text of government today, they never talk in the text of, of principles. They only talk about what a good idea this bill is, how this bill will help certain groups of people, uh, yada, 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 right? It's never about the principle, because if you dial back to the principle, then there's no need to even talk about that particular bill, even if you like it, even if you like who's doing it, even if you like anything about it, likability is not the factor uh, at all. In fact, you go, well, wait a minute, that's not based on anything. So uh, when we come back, I want to play Murray. And uh, he was probably the economist that you should pay attention to in our in our past. And uh, a couple of great tidbits uh, coming up on the Kate Daly Show. Don't go anywhere.